Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Roka Report podcast in association with the Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. And you join us today for a little impromptu podcast ahead of the York game. We just thought we'd get our heads down and have a bit crack. Joining us today is Chris Wynn. How are you doing? I'm soaking, mate. It's so too hot. It's beefing the day, isn't it? I'm baking. I'm claggy. Claggy as me nana used to say. But yeah, Sunderland then. Sunderland, then. we're catching up obviously on the back of the heart game, Chris. Did you see that coming? Because <laughs> I know it's a pre-season game, but I actually saw Hearts had, had a decent little pre-season themselves, played six games, already had two competitive games. I know that there was a few players missing for them, but still a strong team out. It was interesting, actually, wasn't it, to see us sort of put a scratch team out without any full-backs and win pretty handsomely? Yeah, I mean, we said, didn't we, on the last board, we said um, that Hearts were ahead of us in terms of their, their preparation. and I was expecting a... Like a really close game with kind of not much happening. Both teams taking it easy. Hearts not wanting to get any injuries. Us just kind of walking pace. Yeah. But I don't know. We seem to be kind of hit the ground running and, and flying into it. And, uh, you know, actually kind of played some nice stuff at times, which, which I was quite surprised at. Yeah. And obviously the big impression was made by uh, Doyle, the new centre-half, wasn't it? Everybody's been raving about mm. him. 17-year-old. I know it's only a friendly and you shouldn't get too ahead of yourself on, on the back of a friendly game because yeah. I'm always the first one stood there saying, look, friendlies mean absolutely nothing really. The fitness exercises and that's one thing that um, in his post-match Tom Flanagan spoke about on the website. He said, look, yeah, great great to win, great you know, <laughs> to, to play fairly well, but at the end of the day it's a friendly and it's about fitness minutes, isn't it? But yeah, Doyle, Doyle did very well and impressed everybody and... I just hope that's a sign of things to come because he looks a real deal. Yeah, well, first things first, Flanagan would say that. To be fair, based <laughs> on it, based on his performance, uh, um, yeah, he, he showed us the the side of Tom Flanagan that we like to think we only see a couple of times a season. But but I hope uh, that's not the Tom Flanagan we get at the start of the season. But I, Callum Doyle, it's not just the fact that he kind of bailed Flanagan out in terms of tackling and and his strength, and he looks like a a man already. Not by the photographs where you think he's a he's a Ben, you know. Got a um, baby's face, and he yeah. But when he's playing, yeah. he, he you know he doesn't look out of place at all. I mean, in terms of the the physical side of it, but the way he was on the ball. I mean, you watch the. I mean, we're we're talking about the the first goal in terms of McGeady and Stewart and Stewart and getting him behind, which which we might come back onto. But if you look where it started, Callum Doyle had the ball on the left, pulled it back, and with his left foot knocked it right into the middle of the park to McGeady, right along the mm-hmm. floor. 
and yeah. um, it's it's something we haven't seen enough of. So, um, but the, the the caveat is, he's a young lad, and he was probably up for that kind of game, probably more than anyone else on the pitch. It'll be interesting to see how he how he goes into the season. You know, whether he's first choice when the first well, game comes around. He might he might well be first choice because it sounds like Bailey Wright's going to leave, doesn't it? Yeah, Bailey yeah. Wright's been linked with a move away. I think Wigan. Wigan just keep signing all our rejects, so that's going to be funny when the <laughs> when the playoffs start the season, isn't it? But um, mm. Bailey Wright leaving. I'll be honest, that came out the blue. That I know he hasn't actually gone as of recording, but it does seem that those rumours are true, and it's a case of just waiting for some some reinforcements to come in. I wasn't I wasn't shocked when I read it, but um, at the same time, I didn't really expect it because. You sort of look at the spine of the team and you think you could do with a little bit of experience at centre-half. But then you weigh it up and you think, well, actually, if you think about it, Johnson got rid of him at Bristol City. So it's not like he's not done this before and Wright's sort of injury record concerns us a little bit. Like he came back into the team at the end of last season and he just didn't look fit and struggled badly, I thought. I mean, you know, we needed a defender just to come back in and I don't know whether he was rushed back or what, but... He was very poor at the end of the season, but are you, are you surprised by that? Because I, I can't say I am actually. I, I was when I first heard about it, just because of all the things that Johnson said about Bailey Wright when he first came. He said, "Oh, he's a, he's a proper leader and he's a man, you know, and he's going to lead us and all this sort of stuff." And he was kind of really bigging Bailey Wright up, and maybe he was just a bit of man management in there. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, in terms of performances on the pitch, I mean, he, the thing is when he got injured. He was, the first half of last season, he was absolutely superb for us. But the difference was, when he was in that form, he was the middle of a back three. Yeah. And then when he when he came back, obviously Lee Johnson was playing uh, a four with, alongside, whether it was Sanderson or 9 he was playing alongside. But was that form down to uh, the fact that he wasn't fit or whether he struggled in a four when he came back? But like you say, for one reason or another, he struggled at the end of last season. And for that reason, I'm not, you know, a bit like you, you know, does how much how much is it going to impact us? Depends who we bring in, I suppose. Yeah, I've got a I've got a feeling we might go a different direction. I'm just looking at the Doyle transfer and wondering, well, how reluctant are we right now to just go out and sign more kids or younger players? Yeah. I mean, I know it's it, traditionally you you would you would fill your squad with certainly in the core of your team experienced players, and you do need experience to a degree. Yeah. But I'm just I'm looking at it now and I'm thinking. Does it matter if we go out and sign like a twenty-year-old centre half or a twenty-one-year-old centre half? Because you've got to look at the, especially in defence last season, we struggled so badly with injuries, and that's got to be playing on the mind. You know, when they're looking at recruiting players, do they really want more Bailey Wrights? Really, mm. or, or are they going to go out and just try and sign two or three young, unproven players who you know you're going to get fifty, sixty games out of? Because it could be a long season again. You know, we could end up doing well in the Cups again and it could be another playoff run and you're looking at playing over 50 games. Mm. It, it's like, you know, is, is it that much of a risk even to, yeah. to go and do that? Because I'm all in with this approach to signing players when it comes to bringing youngins in. Like I'm, I just, I, I look at Doyle as an example and I think like, you're not going to sign many 17-year-olds, but the sheer sort of, you know, not audacity, but I, I do think there's an element of that in that, we're just going to go out and get a 17-year-old defender and if he's good enough, he's old enough. I love mm. that. I think yeah. that's something, that, it's an element that's been missing at Sunderland for almost as long as I've been a fan. We've, we've always trod the same path when it comes to recruitment. 
give or take really haven't we? I, know, I know in the Premier League you've got a bit more money to spend but even still you st- we're still target the same types of players and some athletic sort of ball carriers you know lads who, who are quick across the ground in defence I think it'll make a huge difference because you saw you saw with Sanderson last season uh, he, he is of that mould and if we can sign a couple of them I'll be over the moon me yeah, yeah. I mean, you made a couple of good points there. I mean, but the thing is, when you're talking about young players, I mean, it would be great, you know, the play. I mean, Sanderson picked up a knock, you know, last season, you know, towards the end, he picked up that injury. So oh, yeah. there's always going to be a question mark against the, you know, how how much can Callum Doyle hold up to a full League One season? Because I'd I'd be amazed if he played like forty plus games, you know, next season. Um, I'm not sure Man City would want that either, to be honest. Might be kind of too much football for him at that stage, but I get what you mean. And I mean, just just that example I gave before about Callum Doyle whipping the ball into the centre across the ground to McGeady. I mean, I, I don't think really Bailey Wright that was kind of Bailey Wright's game. So if they're going to go down that route, you know, they have McGeady's coming inside, Pritchard coming inside. You know, those players picking the ball up, you know, in front of their the opposition's back four. Bailey Wright loved uh, he, he always loved his 40, 50 yard diagonals. And I think, like you said, yeah. I think they want to go a different direction where players bring the ball out, pass it into midfield, right across the ground, get us going. And um, yeah, with Bailey Wright's injury record, you know, he's 28, 29. He was never the, the paciest defender in the world. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with them if they want to go in a different direction than that. Yeah, this segues us nicely into some Twitter questions. We'll do this before we talk about the York game. But Owen Sarah 5 has asked, is the Hearts game a sign of how Johnson envisions us playing next season with the high press and high tempo? I think I think we definitely got a better indication from that game than we probably did in the Spennymoor game because obviously as games progress in pre-season you see more and more of what you want. I just think I just think with this with this squad this season there's a lot more youth and sort of energy mobility. I mean you look at that midfield Chris you've got Next season, we're going to probably play with one of Winchester or Evans as the holding player, and then one of Dan Neal and O'Neill as the box-to-box player, and then one of Pritchard and Embleton as the 10. So it's going to be, a, you know, just, just those names alone, a lot more mobility than what we had last season with Ledbit, a power, Scowen. So I, w- I would say yes, but what do you think? What can we learn from what we've seen so far? I think you're right. And there was some comments from Johnson after the game about how he's working on the press, isn't he? And I think he was he was saying something like, well, didn't he say like he was impressed with it even at this early stage that they haven't worked on it much yet, but uh, you know that the, the, the lads were actually already kind of doing some of that press, which he, he says he was going to build up to um, ahead yeah. of the, the new season. But you're right. I mean... Those legs, I mean, if you look at last season, I mean, we were all going on about Scowen, you know, and Scowen completely split the fan base because he, he always seemed to give the ball away, but he got about the pitch and we needed that. We needed the legs and the energy, which we didn't seem to get from, from some of the other players. And when it comes to, you know, putting these lads in for the likes of Power, the likes of Scowen, even Ledbetter, you know, all of these lads, I mean, you're talking Dan Neal and Embleton, they're not just, they haven't just got that energy. They're, they're good on the ball. They're comfortable on the ball. They like to keep yeah. the ball. They play it easy. They don't seem to do anything daft with it. So yeah, I mean, it, it it bodes well for this watching them, you know, move through the lines with the ball. Yeah, as we did for the goal, especially the, the winning the penalty in the first one, picking up uh, those passes to 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 those players who were sitting behind what looks like Ross Stewart at the minute. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be. A, it's not well. Put it this way: it's not going to be 
a game of headers and crosses between McGeady and White next season, put it that way. Another good question here from Cameron Johnson. He asks, after Johnson's comments about Dan Neal needing 25 games to develop, is it fair to say he won't be involved as much as we'd have hoped? Because that midfield is bare even with Evans' arrival. These 23s lads surely deserve a proper chance in the league to develop. I think I sort of just touched on that with Neil's competition in the team next season is going to be probably Luke O'Neill. But that aside, it's a long old season and we're going to be playing a lot of cup football. And I think you're going to see more of Neil in that respect. I know I know, we've just been talking about Doyle you know, being old enough if he's good enough. And the same goes for Dan Neil, and I think physically he does look a lot bigger as well. He is growing and developing in that sense, and he, he doesn't mind putting his cell about. But I think if you've got a very special talent, like I think we have with Dan Neil, I think he's going to be a very good player mm. that you can afford to sort of dip him in and out of the team. And last season, there was too many players ahead of him, and I think there was just a natural reluctance under pressure from Parkinson, definitely, and Lee Johnson to throw him in at the deep end. Whereas now the reset button's been hit, and Chris, we're like we, we can afford to start from scratch with a with a new philosophy, I suppose. And I reckon bleeding into that will be sort of giving players like Neil more of a an opportunity. Without he he doesn't need at this stage of his career to be a fully fledged Sunderland starter, does he? That there's that there is the ability there to give him a a proper chance without exposing him too much and. Mm. I mean, we could loan him out, couldn't we? But we don't need to, I don't think, because what we're going to do, loan, say we loan, loan Dan Neal, I mean, he could have went, I think, to Carlisle in January and the club decided not to send him. And I think that would have been a good chance to do it because at that stage in the season, he wasn't going to play much. Um, and a move away to Carlisle might have done him good and what, for whatever reason, they didn't allow it. But now I think, I don't I don't know whether a loan move would be particularly good for him because I think he's actually going to get minutes. Mm. Completely agree with you. I think whenever he... Whenever he got a chance last season, he never looked out of place. And there was a couple of times where we actually, especially under Parkinson in the first half of the season, in some of the cup games, where we all said that we looked better with him in the team. Um, yeah. Where we were where we were pressing higher up the pitch and he was keeping the ball for us. Not saying he could definitely do that over 30, 40 league games, but you know, in those odd games, um, he, he looked more than comfortable. And, and my point is, I mean, look, he's, he's turning 20 in a few months. So it's not it's not like we're talking about a sixteen year old kid, a seventeen year old kid. He's nearly twenty, and you know if you if you look, I mean, I'm I'm going to start sounding old, but you know maybe you know when I was when I was younger, you know you looked at players coming through, and by twenty year old, you know quite often they'd had forty fifty games under their belt, and he needs to get games sometimes. And if he's not sticking out, you know, in terms of you know not not being good enough, then you know get him involved. Yeah, I I agree. Like I say, I just think we can afford to be a little bit careful with with Dan Neal, and and if you know if he if he has a bad game, then he can just be taken out of the firing line, and he doesn't need to be sort of overexposed. We've got, I don't think Luke O'Neill is going to miss any many games next season. He's he's just a generally very fit person, isn't he? Doesn't miss a lot of football, yeah. and Neil can play that deeper role as well. I quite like him sitting, you know, that anchorman yeah. role, just sitting in, and he can spray the ball 40, 50 yards to feet. I just think he's a very good player. I actually reckon that quite a lot of our fans underrate him. I think I think you, if you if we get his development right, he's going to be a, a good player. Yeah, and yeah. it would be a real shame for us not to capitalize. There's a there's a gaggle of them there now. I include Patson in that. You know, Josh Hawks, 
Embleton has probably got to prove himself this season, but there's a there's a small gaggle of young players there where I think if we get the development right, they can be first teamers here even in the championship in years to come. And it's just about making sure we get that right because how often don't we? I mean, we're still living off developing Jordan Henderson and Pickford. They're like literally the last two success stories out of this academy. When you consider how much money and time and, and love and effort goes into running an academy, your first team should be littered with these players. They, they shouldn't just be Lyndon Gooch and Denver Hume. There should be at least a full 11 of players in your squad you could put out on any given day of players who you've developed. I think when you're playing League One football, I don't think that's a lot to ask. No. no, And, and I think um, just with a trick about Dan Neil, like you said, I think in terms of the players we bring in, I think the trick come the start of the season is going to be that we're not relying on Dan Neil, that he's part yeah. of it. He's in the team. He gets a chance. If he, if he takes a, you know, if he takes full advantage of that chance, he keeps his place. Um, if not, We've got a squad where we can bring players in, give them a break, then he can come back in, you know, as, as we do with young players. Um, so I, I, I don't want us to, to kind of rely on these young players, but they definitely need to have a chance. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a couple more of these Twitter questions before we talk about York. Um, Charlie Brown's asking about Will Grigg. Is this a topic we want to delve into, Will Grigg, and whether he <laughs> should stay? I did wonder on this the other day about Grigg. I think, I think it's going to be a very very interesting month or so because what we're now we, we you know we've got probably just over a week left of July so really he's going to be in the squad isn't he for the start of the season if, if he's going to leave it's going to happen at the end of the window which means that every day he's training and every day he's he's, he's in and around that squad and playing in pre-season games he's going to be used he's got to be used because it's not like we've got another five strikers we've only really got Ross Stewart and Aidan O'Brien so Greg staying is it's like, if you'd asked us this in January, Chris, I would have said, absolutely not. He's <laughs> got to be bombed out. But he's went MK Dons. He's got, I think, eight goals in 20 games, which isn't a bad return, considering I don't think he started every game either. Is there still a chance he can make it here, or is it is this dead in the water? Because I'm, I'm like more on the fence now than I probably was six months ago. Yeah, well, it's it's not a case. I think the question we had through was, should he be? I, I don't think that's the question. I do, he is. It's as simple as that. I mean, yeah. like like you said, he's one of our three strikers. And I think the problem is with his wages and probably a transfer fee that we're likely to ask for. Um, he, I can't see anybody paying for him. Um, no. So I think I think come the start of the season, he's part of the squad. I think he realises that. I think I think um, we the club have probably said, look, we're not loaning you out. So if nobody comes knocking on the door and pays us the money, um, you're a Sunderland player. And mm. I think when he realises that going into next season and, you know, new management, new way of playing, he's got to get involved, hasn't he? Just because yeah. that, that's his that's his position. That's where he's yeah. at. We've had a ton of questions and I'm sorry we can't answer them all, but we did promise this would be short today. Um, so we'll quickly touch on the York game before we go then. Chris, we're playing York, who've just beat Newcastle. So um, I would love to be able to beat them just to... A bit of bragging rights there or something. It's just funny when Newcastle lose to anybody, never mind a non-league team. <laughs> but it won't be as funny if we don't get if if we end up getting beat. This game, then we've got another one at the weekend, which is probably going to be more of a test. I'm I'm wondering whether we might see more of an under twenty threes flavour of this team. I know that we've already had quite a few under twenty threes players involved already in the first two games, but I'm wondering whether he might sort of split the team slightly between two games. So. You might see an eleven that start in the York game that 
probably get 60, 70 minutes. And then a team in the, the latter part of the game, which will probably start on Saturday. I'm just wondering how he'll approach it. What do you think? Uh, maybe, but we've only got four games left. And it's not it's not like he's got all he's got a whole host of games to, to play around with stuff and yeah. check some of the stuff out. And I, I was surprised that only Diamond that was the only change at half time at Hearts, um, which was a bit surprised about. Most of the changes were about fifteen minutes left. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I I expect the same again. I think um, I think all these four games are just going to be. I don't think he's going to have any of these. What what you suggested there in terms of where they're going to be mainly made up with the under twenty threes. I just think it's a mix of of the squad that was involved on um, on Saturday against Hearts because. Um, because well, I don't think we've got that much of a choice, and I think he's going to want to see all the different combinations that he can within the squad. Because there's not that many to to go through. So um, yeah, there's, there's a so bunch yeah. of players who were missing at the weekend as well, wasn't it? Pritchard's got COVID, yeah, um, which is a bit gutting because I think obviously he would have. I don't even think he's been training with the team. I think Lee Johnson said he's been training at home in a home in his home gym. Um, so we might not even see him probably till the whole game. If we're lucky, mm. and then, even then it might be a bit of a cameo. Luke O'Nine's been missing with something. Can't, I've just been saying he's he's pretty injury free, but I think he's got mm. a niggle. And this Bailey Wright, of course, who we're talking about leaving. I mean, is maybe there's no appetite to play him. I don't know if mm. he's off. If they've already agreed to sell him, is it? They're looking at it and thinking we should maybe give some of the other lads a bit of a bit more of a chance in pre season. Um, so I, you're right. Actually, I don't know whether there'll be that many changes to the team or. If he's even able to, um, we're restricted in terms of fullbacks, obviously, because we haven't got any. So you're you're looking at probably either playing Lyndon Gooch and Jack Diamond out of position, or playing. I think it was Kenton Richardson and Dice who were part of the yeah. team on Saturday. Oh, Winchester, um, wasn't it? Yeah. So there the, there is an opportunity there for players who, because oh, yeah. I, I wrote about this last week. I think that's the one thing when we're looking at it and people are moaning about, rightly by the way, moaning about the fact we don't have fullbacks. I think everybody would like at this stage to have to have fullbacks in, but it's then an opportunity, isn't it, for the twenty threes, especially in against York's. No, no offense to York, like I say, they've just beat Newcastle, but our best twenty threes players should be competitive against a Conference North team, so it's a good chance for them, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, even even Dice, who's who's just come in. Um, I mean, he's got a he's got a great chance to take advantage of it in pre season, you know. Because if if you if if we're looking to to give Hume a bit more money, if we're feeling desperate, but but Dice picks it up in pre season, it might kind of influence our decision whether whether or not we give Hume a bit more money or whatever. Because yeah, how much how much cover we've got, but but yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to see Winchester too much at right back. I, I hope I hope that isn't something that they're looking at because I, I I quite like the look of him in midfield last season. Um, so I don't really want him stuck at right back. I think that'll be another or nine type decision out there. But uh, but yeah, I mean Taylor got on, Younger got on, um, and like you said, I think uh, I think it's a chance for all of them to to take advantage in pre season before we've brought those players in. Um, to to stake a claim and get involved. Yeah, I'm like I say, I'm looking forward. I'm glad they're streaming it. I mean, it was a last minute thing, yeah. wasn't it? York York streaming it on YouTube, so at least we get to watch it. Because um, for a minute there, I didn't think we we're going to be able to. But it, yeah, just another opportunity to. I know I said before, preseason games don't mean anything. But at the same time, if you win all your preseason games, mentally for the players, that's a good <laughs> thing. You know, scoring goals, winning games, it's a good habit to get into in preseason, isn't it? It is. I mean, I've I've seen 
I've seen pre-seasons where we've getting hammered and then start the season well. I've seen pre-season where we've done all right and you're thinking, oh, brilliant. I remember uh, pre-season under Terry Butcher where he signed all those players where th- we, we were brilliant in pre-season and then we got hammered at the baseball ground five now <laughs> on the opening day of the season. So, for it, I mean, like I said, it, the signs are good. I like the signs that are coming out of it, but until you get in the pressure of that first game of the season, you, you just don't know how, especially if we've got some young lads in, how they're going to react. Yeah, the one I always think about, the the one under Di Canio, where we we barely <laughs> played anybody, but we played two teams of his mates in Italy and won like, I think we scored about 40 goals across two games. <laughs> then went to Hong Kong to play in the Premier League trophy and beat, did we beat Tottenham 3-1? We looked yeah, like we world beat as Cabral scored. Then we, we got beat on, I think, on penalties or in extra time or something off Man City in the final. And then we played a Danish team in midweek hastily arranged last minute game and won and everyone was absolutely buzzing and then the, we couldn't have started the season much worse really um which just shows you doesn't it like you can't you can't read too much into it but but at the same time i would rather we were winning games it's it keeps people off their backs for one <laughs> it's yeah. like certainly do without people getting on their case that in pre-season over daft games so don't lose please Sunderland. um <laughs> we don't want a newcastle situation where they're all crying about the result um, but yeah, cheers, Chris. Thanks for joining us. We kept it nice yeah, and it. short today. Um, join us. Oh, I guess we'll probably be back around the weekend because uh, the Harrogate game will be upon us. So we'll probably me and you might catch up through the week again. So if people aren't already sick of hearing us, I, I say it as if we've, we've been on every week through preseason. We haven't, but you know, one might be enough. And then yeah, join us back at the weekend, and we'll uh, catch you all later. Cheers. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.